You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. T-minus 10 days until the 2021 NBA Draft, a day that we all have circled on our calendars. And also, there are probably some question marks surrounding that circle on our calendars as well, because we don't know what the Sacramento Kings are going to do that day. All that I expect are fireworks in some way, shape, or form. But we got some fireworks on today's Locked On Kings podcast. I'm talking about Chad Ford from Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, one of the gurus and really founders of modern NBA draft coverage. He is joining me on the Locked On Kings podcast today. We are going to talk about Franz Wagner, Moses Moody, what the Kings should be looking for at that nine range, uh, the possibility of the Kings trading the number nine pick, whether or not Chad thinks that is the right play for Sacramento, who is looking uh, to make the playoffs and, and turn things around relatively quickly. It's all on today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our Locked On rooms. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six, nearly seven years. This is season number eight for me, or it's going to be season number eight for me, covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And before we get into my conversation with Chad Ford, I have to let you know that the Locked On NBA Ultimate Mock Draft is out now. Well, at least day one of the Ultimate Mock Draft is out now. This is content that I am so proud of as a member here of the Locked On Podcast Network. The amount of work, the amount of hours, the amount of expertise that have gone into this show truly is second to none. And I'm not just tooting my employer here. I'm telling you, nobody, nobody in podcasting, in radio, in television is doing what we did with this ultimate mock draft. Every single local expert taking on their team, including me making decisions for the Sacramento Kings, that we do a mock draft, we make our selections, we make trades, everything is broken down by NBA renowned experts, draft experts, analysts, and it's broken down the entire first round into five straight days of shows for you. Today was day one, picks one through five for you to go and check out right now. That means tomorrow is picks six through ten. Number nine, if you can count, is in that range, meaning what I decide to do with the Sacramento Kings pick at number nine will be available on tomorrow's Ultimate Mock Draft, which you absolutely, absolutely, absolutely need to check out. And then after that episode comes out on Wednesday's Locked on Kings podcast, I'm going to be breaking down, sharing my thoughts, my reasoning for doing what I did. You need to check this content out. And not just tomorrow's show, just to hear what the Kings do. Listen to the whole thing. I'm telling you, if you want to be ready for the NBA draft, this is the best resource out there. Better than anything else. And on top of that, it's unique. It's entertaining. Like I said, you're not going to get it anyplace else. So please go and check out the Locked On NBA Ultimate Mock Draft. Enjoy that. And enjoy today's conversation with Chad Ford, who is featured on that Ultimate Mock Draft 
It's a real treat to get him here on Locked On Kings. A lot of great insight that you're going to get from him here over the next 25 minutes or so. Please enjoy that, and I'll be back on the other side. We are just over a week away from the NBA draft. Anticipation really picking up here for many teams, including the Sacramento Kings, who still probably don't know what they're going to do yet with the number nine overall pick. Are are they going to select a player? Are they going to trade the pick? We've heard multiple rumors that they are going to be shopping this pick until the very last second. I've shared with you I wouldn't be surprised at all to see this pick moved and the Kings not make a selection, but should they stick at nine? Are there players available in that range? Is there a guy or two that is that perfect fit for what the Sacramento Kings are trying to do? I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of different experts here on the Locked On Kings podcast over the last couple of weeks. But in terms of expertise, it really doesn't get much better than having Chad Ford on the Locked On Kings podcast. Chad is nice enough to spend uh, 15, 20 minutes of his very, very busy schedule, especially around the NBA draft here with me here on Locked On Kings. And not only Will you hear Chad on Locked On Kings today? You'll hear him all week on our Locked On Ultimate Mock Draft NBA edition. The production on that entire show has just been out of this world crazy, but I'm excited to steal Chad and just get him to talk Kings for about 15, 20 minutes here. Chad, thank you so much for taking the time, my friend. Welcome. How are you? I'm great. Uh, Happy to be on the podcast. Uh, I know that uh, historically Kings fans hate me. Uh, and so you're very brave to have uh, have me on the show. Oh, well, you know, historically, some Kings fans hate me, too, and, and the decisions that I make. And, you know, we're just a bundle of hatred and frustration here in Sacramento. That's what 15 years of not making the playoffs uh, will do to you. But the good news is, Chad, at least as far as we know, th- there's no curtain being pulled over our eyes here. The Kings have at least been very straightforward with what their goal is for next season, and that's make the playoffs. Of course, a lot easier said than done, and it feels like that should have been the goal every single year during this 15-year playoff drought, but it's been set uh, very clear by both head coach Luke Walton and general manager Monty McNair. It's it's playoffs or bust for the Sacramento Kings. So I'm looking at this draft and I'm saying, how can the Kings, whether by drafting a player or trading this pick, how can the Kings best uh, put themselves in a position to accomplish that goal. And I'm looking at around that number nine range and in this draft in general, not necessarily win now talent, but talent that can come in that can the Kings can plug into their current core uh, and, and can really make a difference immediately versus a project that is going to take two or three years uh, to develop. Around that nine range, Chad, do you see players that potentially fit that request? Well, look, the bad news is, uh, especially when you're talking about a pick at nine or whatever, historically, rookies are historically bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether they turn out to be superstars in the NBA or not, as rookies, they tend to be actually really bad. Like you may have even looked at Anthony Edwards last year and say, oh, he had a pretty good season. Look at his plus minus numbers. You know, look at his PER or what, what have you. He was, he was a bad prospect. He'll get better. And that's, that's why you draft players like that. But it's, I think it's typically a mistake to be looking at the draft and saying, this guy is going to come in and with the addition of him next year, he is going to push us to the playoffs. And, you know, a great example of that in Sacramento is they drafted to me, the steal of the draft last year in Tyrese Halliburton, the guy that was number four on my board. And as good as Halliburton was, I thought he was one of the, you know, three best rookies in the NBA. He couldn't move the needle for them into the playoffs. And, and I love Tyrese Halliburton. I think he's a huge part of the building 
uh, the building strategy for Sacramento going forward. So if you're really serious about that, and I, and I agree with you, I think the Kings are, then the best way, the quickest way to get there is to offer this pickup to a team that's going to bring back prospects in return. And in fact, I just did a uh, column on mybigboard.com about five draft trades I'd like to see. And one of them included Sacramento moving that ninth pick in part so that they could get back a couple of youngish veterans that could help this team move from lottery team to, to playoffs. So I, I just want to start with that caveat because I, I think it's really important that even if you're asking me about Davian Mitchell or Corey Kispert, some of the older prospects in this draft that probably can be plug and play NBA ready. Tyrese Halliburton was plug and play NBA ready. He couldn't move the needle. Corey Kispert's not going to. Davian Mitchell is not going to either. And so I actually think if Sacramento is going to keep this pick, you still have to have an eye towards the future. And, and I, I think an eye towards what I think Sacramento's biggest weakness was that they were an absolutely atrocious defensive team last year. And so someone like Franz Wagner, uh, for example, out of Germany is a guy that analytically pops uh, as a guy who can defend multiple positions, good athlete and not a liability on the defensive end. Keon Johnson, uh, who has some of the highest upside of any player in this draft out of Tennessee, uh, broke a smash, the combine record with a 48 inch vertical, nowhere to be found offensively right now, but defensively really played hard at Tennessee. And I think has all the chops to be a potential lockdown defender. And, you know, this may be high for him, but I think if you're actually looking at a player that you said, oh, who could actually come and like really get us some minutes next year? Usman Garuba, who if you watched uh, Team USA play exhibition against Spain on, on Sunday night, uh, was guarding Kevin Durant uh, for part of that. And at 19 years old with a 7'3 wingspan, an NBA body and a great motor is a guy who can come in and defend right away. So, I, I mean, I, I think that the Kings, if they decide to keep this pick, if there's just not you know, a great offer out there for them can address needs. But I think Kings fans have to be realistic about how much those needs will be addressed in year one or even year two. Today's episode of Locked on Kings is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Try one or all of their delicious flavors, but make sure you try mint brownie because it's the best one. But you can also get double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and so many more. In fact, you can go to Built.com right now and order a mixed box. You can try all of these. And then once you pick your favorite flavors, go back to Built.com and pick the flavors that you want in your next box. It's that easy and it's that delicious i promise you and not only are these bars covered in 100 chocolate they're soft they're easy to chew and they are healthy 17 to 18 grams of protein in each bar calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs amazing flavors all tasty all healthy built.com use promo code locked on you'll get 15 percent off your order again that's promo code locked on at built.com for 15 percent off 
you know, I have a smile on my face right now because the first name that you brought up is is Franz Wagner, who we've talked a lot about here on Locked on Kings, one of my favorite prospects. I'm certainly going to ask you for more information about Wagner, why he is that analytical darling, as you called him, uh, during our uh, Locked on NBA uh, live show that we did after the NBA draft lottery. I'm going to get to that in a little bit, but I want to go back to uh, the possibility of trading the number nine pick. And honestly, I think I'm guilty of something here, as I think a lot of Kings fans are guilty of seeing Tyrese Halliburton, seeing how NBA ready he was. And look, he still hit a wall uh, as a rookie. Every single rookie does. Uh, He dealt with some injury issues also throughout the season that maybe slowed down his chances to defeat LaMelo Ball or Anthony Edwards in the uh, the Rookie of the Year race. Uh, But ultimately, I think we're a little expectant of the next Kings rookie to maybe not have a Tyrese Halliburton level of impact, but something similar to that, which may be too big of an ask uh, for rookies out there. So I, I, I willingly admit that and how we were spoiled by Halliburton in the last season. But talking about the trade value of the number nine overall pick, uh, we've heard so much about how top heavy this draft is, the star potential at the top of this draft and how it kind of drops off really after the four or five range, depending upon how high you are on Scotty Barnes or, or Jonathan than Kaminga. I wanted to get your opinion on what you think the trade value is of the number nine pick compared to years past uh, at that range. Yeah, like you said, it, it the draft goes five, six deep, depending on the team that you have. And then th- there's definitely a cliff. And it depends on the team that you talk to, how deep they think that cliff actually is. Like, are we moving from tier one and tier two prospects just down to sort of tier three, which are great NBA potential starters, or are we dropping all the way down to tier four, which sometimes happens at this point in the draft, we're just talking about rotation players at that point. And I I think those are legitimate question marks for all of the players that we're talking about in the seven to 14 range in this draft. So the good news for the Kings is they're on the high end of that. So they get their choice of prospects sort of in that next tier. And I think that, again, it depends on the team. If you're the Houston Rockets right now and you're trying to pick up another lottery pick so that maybe you can convince the Detroit Pistons to drop down a pick, that ninth pick is extremely valuable Mm -hmm. to you. And you might be able to be willing to give a lot to, to get something back. Same with the Cleveland Cavaliers who are also trying to get up to one right now at, at pick three, they're trying to figure out what is the, what is the right scenario that makes Detroit say, okay, that's just too good of an offer to pass on. And, and to me, moving down one spot in the draft or two spots in the draft and picking up another top 10 pick is probably the moment where Trey Weaver has to really think what is the gap between Kate Cunningham and Evan Mobley or Jalen Green or what have you. And, and I think it's a, a legitimate question at that point. So for teams like Houston, they may value it really highly. If you're talking about teams that are trying to move up into the draft right now and maybe just land a, you know, a top 10 pick, the value is less because all of these prospects are grading out right now as probably their ceiling being, you know, a starter I'm um, in the league. And so you're not, you're not going to offer a young all-star uh, to Sacramento for that. Yep. Uh, you're, you know, and, and, or, and so it's, it's a little bit tough to see what is the value there. You know, the, the thing that I've been thinking about Sacramento is that you try to package Bagley, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with this and, you know, maybe even Buddy Heald, and take back a contract because Buddy Heald's numbers then sort of allow you to take back a contract. And so maybe if it's nine Bagley and we'll take back a contract, then maybe that's what gets you to the level of a, like a young, you know, borderline-ish, uh, you know, all-star. So I, I think for the Kings, it's probably going to, if they're really going to try to 
get an impact player for the ninth pick in the draft, they're going to have to include more assets than just the ninth pick. Oh, I think you're absolutely spot on. And that was the general consensus, at least amongst those discussing it in Sacramento, is that the real value of this number nine would be attaching it to a a player like Heald, who, of course, has an elite skill, but is overpaid for, for really only being good at one thing. Or Marvin Bagley, who just is a massive question mark still in terms of value. He's a project. Uh, he still has so much raw potential, but his, uh, his injury history, I know, scares some people. Plus, uh, he's owed $11 million. So can that nine pick be used attached to one of those two guys or both of those guys to make them a little bit easier to move? And it, does that have negative or positive value uh, on the number nine selection overall? So a lot of questions there. And I will say, without spoiling the ultimate mock draft, I shopped heavily number nine with Bagley and healed and sometimes both attached to it. And that was quite an endeavor trying to talk to a bunch of other different hosts about the possibility of making a trade like that. But if the Kings aren't able to make a move, if they do stay at nine, Chad, there's two names here in Sacramento that we're really discussing a lot. And maybe it's it's become, honestly, a debate of which of these two would you choose. I want to present both those names to you. The first one you've already brought up is Franz Wagner. The second one is Moses Moody. So I just want to ask you straight up, out of the two of those at that nine range for the Sacramento Kings, if you were a Kings advisor or on the Kings side looking at that, which direction would you lean out of the two of those guys? Well, I think it's Wagner uh, because I think the defensive numbers all sort of point in his direction. I, I think Moses Moody is a more established shooter. Uh, he plays uh, and he's got that incredible length, that like freakish, like 10 inch plus wingspan from his height, which is which is great. But Moses Moody isn't a great athlete. And I think that's the thing that lowers him just a little bit in my mind where I'm not saying Franz Wagner is a, you know, elite athlete, but he's actually a really good athlete who showed at Michigan that he could guard fours. He could guard threes. He could guard twos. He's actually the guy that shuts down Scotty Barnes in the NCAA tournament, which is no, yeah, that's no small feat. No. Uh, considering what I think Barnes is, is clearly in my opinion, a top five pick uh, in this draft, but he gave, he gave Scotty Barnes real problems uh, in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, and, and Wagner is not a negative on offense. I don't think he's your go-to offensive player. I don't think the Kings drafting for that, but I think he's going to be able to hit threes. I think he's going to be able to handle the ball a little bit. I think he's going to be able to do some things as a secondary ball handler and uh, you know, a pick and pop shooter that, will make him give him enough value offensively that the real reason you draft him is what he can do and the versatility versatility that he can add on the defensive end. And like you said, uh, he's an analytics darling. I know I got in some trouble on Ryan Rosillo's podcast by saying, I thought that some teams around the league thought it was inevitable that, that Franz Wagner was going to be the pick if he's nine. And I didn't mean that to mean that there's some sort of promise by Sacramento or that they've already decided uh, to draft him. It's just that when you sort of look at, the analytics driven front office of the Kings. And you look at where their biggest need sits right now on this franchise. Fran Wagner just looks like he's a perfect fit in Sacramento. And so, you know, they, they might like Moses Moody and, and I think Moses Moody is defensible there at, at, at nine, but I just wonder a little bit, and you saw this in the tournament a little bit, he was bothered, bothered, in the NCAA tournament when he was forced to play against elite athletes. And that's going to be the case of virtually every night at the NBA level and is what to me lowers his, his ceiling somewhat. I, you know, I think Moody is probably a more appropriate in the sort of late teens 
to, you know, in the, in the mid to late teens than he is in the top 10. Interesting. And that's what makes this draft so much fun is really after six, it's going to be a crapshoot where all of these players go and we can try and guess as best as we can. But there are going to be some names that go, wow, that's high. And then there are going to be some names that are still on the board at 20 that everyone's scratching their head wondering what the what in the world's going on. That's what I can't wait uh, for this draft and, and draft night is trying to put all those pieces together and figure that out. But uh, one of the things you said there, you talked about, I mean, you've already brought up a number of times how important uh, the Kings correcting their defensive issues are. And that's where I think Wagner gets a distinct edge over a guy like Moody is we know the Sacramento Kings as they stand can score the problem is they just couldn't stop I mean an immovable object at this point Uh, so Wagner probably gets the edge there but in terms of position that Wagner plays I've heard people say he could be a 3-4 hybrid I've heard people say no he's probably uh, or strictly a 4 at the NBA level Uh, where do you see Wagner's position and versatility the Kings love to play with versatile lineups yeah, I think that's the beauty of Wagner is that if you told me that you were playing him at the two or the three or the four at the NBA, I think he can he can defend those positions and he brings something offensively at each of those positions as as well. And and you know, some people go and look at that that Michigan game, I believe it was against UCLA, where Wagner has has really the worst game of his career. And and really at the end of the game, he's trying to create for himself. I think he airballs a three towards the end. And a lot of people have pointed to that video and say, oh, you know, Wagner sucks. And all that video tells me is that if you're drafting Wagner as your number one offensive option and expecting Wagner to go out there and create for himself and score 25 points a night, then yeah, I think you're going to be really disappointed with Franz Wagner. And that's sort of where the role he ended up trying to play at the end of that UCLA game. He tried his best to take over uh, and get Michigan back in the game. And he just, I, I don't think his skill level is there yet to be able to do it. But I think, again, it's about lowering our expectations about what we tr- traditionally get with the ninth pick in the draft. And, and this, this is going to be a starter who, if he's the third or fourth option offensively for a team, and but he becomes one of your best defenders on your team, that's absolutely worth a ninth pick in the draft. And so I, this is, this is, and it's hard for me as well, but I think it's especially hard for draft fans we still at nine are looking for the home run. Mm-hmm. We're still looking for the guy who could end up being a, you know, an NBA all-star someday when I think most of the time, what we see at this point in the draft, and that's why I think to your point that you're spoiled a little bit with Tyrese Halliburton, Tyrese Halliburton probably should have been the fourth pick in the draft. He was number four on my board. He was high on a lot of boards. It's sort of inexplicable that he slipped uh, to 12, but he's not your traditional 12th pick in the draft. He's not your traditional ninth pick in the draft. And so if you lower your expectations, I think that's great. I do think that Keon Johnson is a is a guy that if you want to say we're swinging for a home run here, he's the guy that brings it defensively with elite, like best athlete in the draft type athleticism, extremely young, and you know maybe picks it up offensively. There, there's there's signals at Tennessee that that he has the makings of an offensive game both on and off the ball as both a one and a two uh, at the next level you just have to be really patient with him and that's that's the problem in Sacramento right I think people have run out of patience and it's going to be the same thing with that ninth pick if that's all the ninth pick's going to get you then when you're thinking about trade deals don't be thinking about landing superstars back you know for the ninth pick or for Marvin Bagley who the Kings clearly want to trade and everybody in the league knows it look for like Steven Adams, mm-hmm. 
right? I mean, that's the sort of thing that, you know, Kings fans should be thinking about. Like, what would Nine and Marvin Bagley and Buddy Heald get us? Maybe like Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe. Uh, you know, that's maybe the sort of stuff that we could get back. And by the way, those two don't help Sacramento go to a championship contender, but both of those players bring toughness. Um, they bring defensive grit. They bring experience. Um, uh, you know, uh, Stephen Adams is only 27 years old and, and they, they help you move from lottery team to playoff contender. Uh, neither of them are on bad contracts and and then you go from there. And so I, I think, I think again, it's sort of about lowering expectations. Well, and, and with both of those guys too, long-term, it saves you a boatload of money, which we know is important to Monty McNair to have that flexibility as well, especially if you're moving off of uh, Buddy Heald's contract there. So that's, that's very interesting, but I want to sneak in one more mini question about um, Wagner and, and pair it with uh, another question that I had. Um, you mentioned starter with Wagner. Are we talking like day one starter? Do you think like, uh, let's assume Harrison Barnes is still a Sacramento King, which I think is a safe assumption. And Barnes has the capability of playing the three or the four. I think the Kings would prefer to play him at the four, which means Wagner maybe slots in at that three spot. Do you see him as a day one starter potentially in Sacramento or is that rushing the guy and trying to force that fit too soon? I think it just depends on how the Kings want to play it. Uh, you know, sometimes the best the best thing you can do to get a player ready for the playoffs is get them a lot of minutes early, let them fail, uh, let them struggle a little bit and, and let them, you know, put them into the fire and, and, and let them figure this out. And so, you know, one, one approach for the Kings is going to be, he's probably not going to be very good the first couple of months of the season. If he's playing significant minutes, you may be sitting there as Kings fans saying, what, why did we spend the ninth pick in the draft on this guy? But it's all about learning, right? Uh, Dirk Nowitzki looked terrible mm-hmm. his rookie year uh, in the league. Giannis Antetokounmpo averaged 7.5 points a game playing for Milwaukee his rookie year. It takes a while for some of these prospects to figure it out. So one way the Kings could say is, look, we'll develop him now in hopes that by the, by, by the time we get to March and April, he's helping us and then can help us in the playoffs. The other approach is, no, we're going to bring in somebody else. We're going to bring him off the bench. And we're going to let him develop more slowly. And hopefully he can give us 10 to 15 minutes a night, uh, every night. And we're going to develop in that way. And I think both of those are justifiable uh, ways forward. And again, some of it's going to be that I, I think regardless of whether they, they keep this pick or not, the chances are they're going to be moving Marvin Bagley. The chances are they're going to be trying to move Buddy Heald. And that's going to bring you back some sort of player in return. And my guess is that they'll be, if they decide to go that direction, they'll be eyeing someone who could be the starter on day one for them. Hey, you feel like you're as smart as Chad Ford and you know how this NBA draft is going to go? Why not put your money where your mouth is? And if you're going to do so, make sure you're doing it on Bet Online, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Bet Online is the number one place for all of your sports betting action. You're not going to find better odds, better wagers, and more fun prop bets than what you're getting on Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can bet on the NBA draft right now. You can bet, of course, on the NBA finals, on MLB baseball, on soccer, on football. They have it all. Make sure you're not sitting on the sidelines. Make sure you're getting in on the action and when you head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up for the first time use promo code locked on you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit it's free money for you to make money on bet online your online sportsbook experts we'll wrap up uh with this and chad thank you so much again 
for taking the time here to, to come on Locked On Kings. I, I just wanted your quick opinion on, on two other prospects that I'm a little interested in, and I know there's been some chatter amongst Sacramento Kings fans. I'm talking about Josh Giddy uh, and Kai Jones. Your opinions on both of those players and uh, their, their overall potential and then their potential fit with Sacramento as well. Josh Giddy, I think, may be the best passer in this draft. I think he and Sharif Cooper probably will argue about, you know, which of those guys is the is the most instinctual, best see the floor passer in the draft. And, and Josh Giddy does it at six eight. And you can project him as a point guard, or you can project him as sort of a point forward at the next level in the league. The problem with Giddy, and I really like Giddy, by the way, is that he he his shot isn't there yet. Uh, you know, fair enough. You can improve on that, but the athleticism is lacking. And I think you saw a little bit of that when you watched him in some of the, um, the, the, uh, the preliminary tournament towards the Olympics, especially when he was on the floor with better athletes, you can see that he is a step or two slow. And to me, you've got to build your offense a bit around Giddy to get the most out of him. And I don't think Sacramento's in that place right now. I mean, you know, Darren, Darren Fox is going to have the ball and should have the ball on um, there. And, you know, then probably Tyrese Halliburton sort of after that. And so I, I, I question that because I think where it's really going to hurt him is not just in his ability to get by guys that set up part of his passing, but on the defensive end as well. And, and I, and I think Sacramento drafting him doesn't, he helps you more offensively than he helps you defensively. Mm. Kai Jones to me is the big is one of the two biggest mysteries in this draft because he has elite athletic tools for a player his size. And he's got, you know, the makings of a passive passable, you know, stretch game as a as a shooter. He shot shot at 38% at Texas, though it was a bit of a limited sample size. And when you see those two things together, he looks like this crazy. 6'11", seven foot, almost like wing in the way that he moves. I mean, he doesn't just move well for a big, he moves well for a guard. However, the, the feel for the game for Kai Jones seems like it's worlds away right now. He came late to the game of basketball. This is, it, he's still learning, uh, but there's times when you're watching Texas and despite those elite athletic tools, you would just forget that he was out there. He was just, just the complete non-factor on both ends of the floor He's still figuring it out. So for a team that's willing to be really patient with him, he could end up being, I'm not exaggerating here. He could be ended up being an all-star because he has that level of, of physical tools. He also could end up being the biggest bust in the draft. And, uh, or, you know, Raphael Barlow and I've talked about this several times on, on our pod. It's almost impossible to know which of those scenarios it's going to be with him. I don't even think there's a middle scenario. I think it's going to be one or the other. Either he harnesses those athletic tools, figures it out, and you're like, oh my gosh, this was the steal of the draft, or people are going to be questioning in three years, how in the world, you know, it's going to be like Willie Cauley Stein. I mean, that that to me is really the the comp. Think of a 20-year-old Willie Cauley Stein who had, you know, Willie Cauley Stein had that freakish athleticism as well for a player his size, but you know, does does Willie really? you know, know how to play the game. Now he doesn't have some of the other problems that Willie Cully Stein have, which is, which is great, but you know, that that's the patience Kings fans would have to have. And so to me, given everything that we just talked about, about what the Kings are looking for, that would be an odd pick for them at nine. 
That is Chad Ford of Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. Check out all of his work uh, all week long on the uh, Locked On NBA Ultimate Mock Draft, breaking down every single pick, analyzing what us local experts decided to do with the power that we had in our uh, fun little exercise here. And then, uh, Chad, of course, uh, the great work that you do on NBABigBoard.com. If you want to share or or can uh, give us an idea of what's coming as we uh, approach the NBA Draft, hard to believe we're already just over a week away. Yeah, I, I launched a several months ago a Substack newsletter called NBABigBoard.com. Uh, you can find mock drafts, big boards, scouting reports for all the players. Uh, I just did a, you know five proposed draft trades this week. We're going to do the draft here as a column that I started years ago at ESPN that sort of breaks down the draft um, in tiers. Uh, we're going to have draft intel, a draft buzz column launching Wednesday with all the sort of latest from a team workouts. Uh, from players, you know, I'm still very active on the phone, talking to NBA teams, talking to agents, trying to get info. Uh, you know, this is tough time of year to get that, but I, I have a lot of relationships and I, and I think that the content's really, really good and I uh, hope people will support it if they love the draft. And as soon as the draft's over, we'll have draft grades and we'll launch right into the 2022 draft where there's some really interesting prospects like Chet, Chet Holgram. The work never stops when it comes to a guy like Chad Ford, and it's a real treat to get him here on Locked on Kings this close to the draft. Chad, thank you so much. I hope to do it again uh, in the future, and and good luck uh, with all the chaos coming. It's draft time. It's one of our favorite times of the year for sure. Thanks for having me, and to Kings fans everywhere, I love you. Even if you don't love me, I love the passionate fan base. I love that Kings fans care as much as they do about the team, and uh, that that just it's, it's always fun talking Kings. Well, if you're a fan of the Kings drafting Franz Wagner, I hope you have a smile on your face. Actually, I hope you have a smile on your face, period, because that's a great interview, a great guest to get so close to the NBA draft. Big thank you to Chad for coming here again on Locked on Kings. I look forward to doing it again with him uh, in the near future. I also look forward to having you listen to all of his analysis to everything on our Locked on NBA Ultimate Mock Draft. Remember, check that out. You need to hear it. And once you do hear it, reach out to me at Matt George Radio on Twitter. Email me, mg. George at SACLocalMedia.com. Let me know your thoughts on the production as a whole, but also let me know your thoughts on the moves that I made for the Sacramento Kings. Even if you didn't like them, I want to hear it. Let's engage in some conversation around it. I did what I thought was best for the Sacramento Kings, and I'm going to have even more fun making decisions in tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast because I'm doing something a little bit different. Are you familiar with choose-your-own-adventure books? I used to enjoy them as a kid. I love them where... It's up to you as the reader what the characters in the story do. It's like a readable video game, basically. I'm doing a choose-your-own-adventure, essentially, for the Sacramento Kings offseason. The way it's going to work is I'm going to put together different offseason scenarios and questions, and I'm going to go through how I would handle them, the moves that I would make within reason for the Sacramento Kings this offseason, including what to do on draft night, how it affects the salary cap, trades, free agency, all of it. The whole offseason. And I'm going to be trying to put together a template that I will post on social media and also can send you over email if you want it. So you too can go through this Sacramento Kings offseason and make decisions. Then I'd love for you to send that template back to me so we can compare the moves that we made. I'm really looking forward to doing this Locked On Kings Choose Your Own Adventure offseason. So I hope you will join me for that. Tomorrow should be a lot of fun. And then on Wednesday, my thoughts on the moves that I made, breaking down my decision-making for the Locked On NBA Ultimate Mock Draft. And then later this week, I have another great guest for you. I'm going to be joined by Fox Sports Radio host and college basketball analyst Aaron Torres. 
He will join me on Locked on Kings. We will talk about more prospects, potentially in that nine range for the Kings, and a whole lot more surrounding this 2021 NBA draft. Great content coming here, not just on Locked on Kings, but on the Locked on Podcast Network. I hope you will be a part of it. And until next time, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.